Hello, and thank you for listening to the Everything Must Go podcast. I'm Stephen, alongside here with Brandon, discussing the concept of judging a book by its cover. First, we'll set the tone with our definitions for this episode specifically, and if there are any benefits from this behavior. Next, we'll fill, fill you in on our personal ventures and give our thoughts on battling the tendency to judge in certain situations. Finally, we'll look at whether you can tolerate judgment and if attraction to superficial qualities ever has substance. In the context of this episode, how are we defining judging a book by its cover? <laughs> so, so my, I won't speak for both of us, but for me, I'm thinking... Um, our tendency maybe to, to take a look at something on the surface and stereotype it or, or make, make a snap judgment on, oh, this must be how that is. Uh, and I think also to branch out of that a little bit too, uh, we'll talk about a little later on the being attracted to the superficial qualities. I think specifically that attraction to these things that we see on the surface, you know, just, oh, this person's pretty, so... They must be interesting or, oh, this person has um, a nice car, so they must be just cool. You know, these kind of superficial ideas that we get in our head that we make up about people before we even actually have the opportunity to get to know them. Do you have a similar opinion or different? Well, let me ask you one question on that. Is is that actually a thing that if you see someone who's pretty, you think they're interesting? (laughs) Are you just making one up? (laughs) No, I, I think that there is a tendency to act like people that are more attractive have more going for them. We, we, I think that's why there's this idea that attractive people have an easier life is because they get these chances of like, I'm going to pretend like this person's really interesting because they're, they're pretty hot and I'm interested in that. <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely think that there's some truth to that. Yeah. Okay. There's some truth to it. So, are you saying like would I do I look at it any differently than you? Like yeah, judging for, a book for by this cover? episode, is, was there any other perspective that you had on what we would talk about in this episode than what I said? No, pretty you you pretty much nailed it. I think. I mean, it's yeah. <laughs> Whatever I was gonna say, it was gonna pretty much just be me saying what you're saying, but just in different words. Yeah. So I don't think we need to go through that again. But yeah. So. With this idea, I mean, typically judgment has a very negative connotation. And I mean, for the most part, it probably is a negative way to uh, behave, I suppose. But do you think that this is something we should always avoid doing? Or are there benefits to making snap judgments in situations? This is one of those things that you're not usually allowed to have a judgment on. But I think it's totally normal, to be honest humans by nature and animals by nature there is a tendency to when you see something scary like going and doing something about it there's actually animalistic qualities in humans where if we are in a situation that seems right or seems wrong we kind of get a detection to it so i think it is perfectly normal to get a sense of "Ooh, this this person makes me uneasy or this this person i just love being around them i think that that is completely normal so i think that they're there definitely are some benefits of being in a situation where you just get good vibes about someone and saying, you know, I think if I spend time with this person, maybe we're going to get along. It's the same way of how we, we choose the, the, like our mates in life. We get some sort of vibe about them by an, uh, an initial judgment because no matter how much you want to say that you, <laughs> you really are with a person because 
you you love them for their heart and soul and all this stuff. There's a, certainly a a initial feeling of attraction to a person based off of a very minimal amount of information. So there is a definite benefit in trusting your your gut instinct. There's been times in my life where I just got bad vibes about someone and I so I stayed away from them and then that person ended up going down a very destructive path in their life. And yeah, you you're uh I'm definitely happy that I didn't try to stick around them any longer. Yeah. Well, I think it's something definitely to be conscious of because you know, like you said, the typical I guess argument against this idea of judgments ever being beneficial is this kind of slippery slope of well what's going to happen is you're just going to judge specific kinds of people or i mean that's where like the idea of racism kind of comes in this implicit bias against people for skin color religion you know these kind of things that are very present in our society and those are the things that sometimes when they're implicit bias biases that you don't even really know that you're doing them it's just you know oh i saw a black person and it was nighttime i'm getting kind of nervous but i think i think you're right i think it's natural to to have that stuff that doesn't make it right but i think being conscious of it so that maybe you can kind of battle that but there also are the situations where if it's a bad neighborhood and it, that has nothing to do with race, but it's just like the crime rate is really high. And I'm I'm not going to give that thing a chance because I don't want to judge it by the crime rate. You know, it's just making a smart decision of I'm not going to try to be some warrior here that goes into a a place to, to be, you know, a pacifist and a, a idealist and everything's okay and then get fucking murdered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There's definitely times where it's in your best interest to just stay out of a situation because you you get the feeling that that person is up to no good. And the thing is, I don't look at this at all in terms of and and some people do this. Some people, some people are just racist. Like that's definitely a thing. Some people are just racist in general. I look at it a lot of times where I'm not talking about like a person seems dangerous. I'm talking about a lot of times instances where I'm or I'm flat out saying, I think that this person, based on the limited amount of knowledge I have right here, is going down a bad path in their life. Like, I've had people who I, I see what they're getting into, and to my best judgment, despite some other evidence that I have, I think it's in my best interest to just stay away. And mm-hmm. I am I am judging them, because maybe they haven't even gone down the destructive path yet, but I see, like, little hints of it, and I want to get out before it gets any worse. And I'm not always right. That's the thing. When we do judge a book by its cover, we're not always right. But mm-hmm. in general, there's plenty of instances where I've started to sense or got a sense that something was looking bad. So I stayed away from it. Yeah. Well, I think that is a key point is the accountability, the ability to take a look at oneself to maybe say, hey, I, I did judge this person. Maybe I should give them another chance or because, like you said, you might be wrong. Or, or there are times where you want to trust yourself. You want to say, mm-hmm. this person you know, or thing seems like a, a setting or a, a situation or a circumstance or just uh, they have a character that I'm, I'm not entirely clicking with. 
you got to follow your your gut instinct a lot of times. And then if you start to gain more information, that's where it's it's very key to not close your mind off to things, to to kind of keep an open investigative investigative perspective so that you can try to maybe find out more information. And I don't know. It's it, it's a tricky road to balance, but overall I think even in professional situations, you think of managers even, you know, you don't have unlimited resources to sit here and learn every single thing you can about every single application. It's like I have a quota to fill certain spots. I got to make some quick judgments. This guy's got a ton of tattoos and this other guy dresses very conservatively. You know, I don't want to make a judgment, but I don't have time to get to know these guys completely. So I'm just going to make a quick um, judgment to say the guy without tattoos is who I'm going to go with. And that's a tough thing, but it's just certain circumstances cause for quick decisions and you got to follow your, your instincts on those situations. That's a great example because that definitely happens. Because I think about jobs that I've applied to in Chicago because sometimes I'll, it'll be uh, like a bunch of people applying to it because there's so many people here. And I know for a fact if they look at it and they say, oh, this guy has a college degree, this guy doesn't, mm-hmm. that they might literally just based on that one line on a resume just – throw one away and keep the other one because there are times where it actually is just more time efficient to make judgments and once again this does not mean that you are right it doesn't mean that they're actually getting the best candidate at the end of the day but anyone who doesn't realize that this takes place on a day-to-day basis it's crazy like obviously there are times where they just make simple judgments it's kind of like if i was going to go on a blind date and you only told me a couple of things about the people and one seemed pretty normal. And then the other one, you said that they're a drug addict. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe they're a perfectly fine, normal human being. But at the same time, if you throw something like that out there, I'm going to have a preconceived notion in my head of what I think that person might be like. And that's definitely going to have an effect on right. me. That happens. And the, the thing is, is it works to your advantage and your disadvantage sometimes. Because, yeah, like, we're not always right, and that's the nature of being human. Where I know that someone, like, when someone describes you to another person, like, what are you really saying? What are you telling them? You're telling them super surface-level information, usually, and it's just, like, a couple points. Like, uh, oh, yeah, she's uh, pretty, and she likes the color pink. (laughs) Yeah. That doesn't tell anything about the person, but... If that's all the information I have, then I'm probably going to make some dumb judgments based on it. <laughs> I, I'm i glad that you brought this up because I remember actually when I was 15, I was on a baseball team in the summer and I had start to... I had started to build a rapport with my teammates of being kind of the comic relief guy, the funny guy. We would go to restaurants. That's so weird because now I'm the comic relief guy <laughs> yeah. of the show. <laughs> we would go to restaurants and i just make everybody laugh. So one time I uh, hung out with one of my baseball teammates separate from like our baseball team and I met one of his friends and I guess <laughs> – before meeting this friend, he told him that I was super hilarious and I was really funny. And I was like, I don't even know this guy. He doesn't know me. <laughs> You're just telling him information based off a of specific context. Now I got to come in here and 
and uphold this this expectation to be funny guy. <laughs> and let me tell you, I did fulfill that expectation, but that's not the point. <laughs> oh yeah, I bet you were on point. But it is it is funny because yeah, the the disadvantage of it all is uh, people have these snap judgments about you, and also to be on the other side of it, where you're the one that makes a snap judgment. Judgment sometimes you end up being wrong, and you miss out on an opportunity or a friendship or you know whatever because. You just made the wrong choice. You made the wrong judgment and you went a different direction. And then, I mean, the prime example, I know you're not a big football guy, but Tom Brady taken in the seventh round and he's now considered like the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, These teams made judgment calls. Even the Patriots took three guys before him and uh, all these teams are now regretting their decision. But that's the thing. When you're a person that might be on the – the back end of that extra judgment, I, I almost see that as possibly a little bit of fuel to motivate you. Be like, you know what? I am going to prove these fuckers wrong. I, I'm i going to let the, the haters hate. I'm going to do my thing. And in time, they'll they'll get to see that they made a, a poor choice. Dude, we honestly like do this. We kind of just like to put people in categories. You know like, like what I mean? Like how in school, how everyone just had... Something to say like, oh, that, that kid's a loser. You know, there's just always yeah. something where we put someone into a category. We kind of leave them there. We just assume that everything about them falls under this exact stereotype. And then that's it. And it's just really stupid that we do this. Like some people it was, oh, they're just a pothead. They're, that is such a terrible... Yeah. If you're going to just know one thing about a person, like just being categorized as just that. Or, oh, yeah, that's the goth kid. Yeah. And... That doesn't really change in life from your your childhood. People, I mean, there's different there's different stereotypes maybe, and there's different types of people. But it's like, oh, oh, they're a lawyer. Oh yeah, they're smart. Or oh, they're a doctor. They're smart. Oh, they're uh, they work on cars. They're stupid. There's just all these total bullshit stereotypes of people based on their occupations. That one drives me absolutely crazy too. Or we've or as we've talked about before in college, what your major is. Oh, uh, your communications major? Clearly, you don't care about li- anything to do with life. Yeah. You're just in college to have a good time. <laughs> like, oh, you're an engineer? You're you're going to be super successful. You're so smart. You're so much better than everyone else. That kind of stuff used to drive me absolutely nuts. You got you get a little bit of that with psychology, too, because I think psychology is the most popular degree for undergraduate. And it's one of the degrees that you can get a C in one of the core classes and still graduate with. Whereas I think like if you were an engineering major, you you have to have a, a B at, at minimum. Um, and so people are like, well, it's the only one that allows that. So it's not it's not as good. And what can you really do with a psychology degree? And there is some truth to that. But it is these judgments are like, you don't know what I'm going to be after after I get this. And, um, it is frustrating. It's, and it's tough to, that's why I think we've talked about in the past, but really knowing who you are to the point where you can shut out the outside noise is, is super important because people are going to make snap judgments about you and you're going to have to indirectly overcome them. Not even because you want to prove them wrong, but just because sometimes it's going to take that. Sometimes people in power are, are the worst at making the judgment calls and and so you kind of get set in this trap of well fuck now i gotta prove this person wrong in order to show 
that I'm actually worth something. So it's it's tough. I mean, we, we've kind of started to get close to it, but do you ever feel like people misjudge you upon first meeting you? Dude, all the time. I feel like I could honestly be the, the poster sometimes of someone who people never guess right. Not that people guess that I'm like a, a criminal but like every small thing that someone could guess about me, like my music taste, they just have no idea who I am. Yeah. Like people are always wrong. I've had, I've had people think I was into country music or think I was into like house music or something. I've talked about, or I, I, I like heavy metal and, and punk music mostly. So that's why those are, it's just like yeah. definitely <laughs> not right. Or honestly, even close to a good guess at all. But what people drive me crazy with is people will take a look at me or see that I'm outgoing and then immediately they just think to themselves, Italian-American, it's, oh, you're Jersey Shore. And I, I do fit the Italian-American guy who loves going to the gym. I am, like, very outspoken. So I do understand. I do care about my appearance. So I do understand why some of these uh, stereotypes stick out to people and they think that I'm going to be a certain way. But... It's annoying because I think that those people are usually judged as being stupid, and that's something that drives me crazy. I would rather have someone think I am, like, the ugliest mf ever and, like, basically every type of a scumbag. But, like, thinking I'm stupid is one of the things that drives me the craziest. I've always felt like I've had to defend myself because, as we've known, I'm, I'm very scatterbrained and ADD, and it's really easy to just say, oh, Steven's stupid or something. So my entire life I've always felt very defensive on having to prove a point like no that's not how i am and it is frustrating when no one knows who you are so they stereotype you into any number of different things and it drives me absolutely crazy because i don't feel like that anyone has ever looked at me before and thought to themselves i bet you're the kind of guy who would write poetry play sports listen to heavy metal (laughs) like relationships like no one ever has no one's ever said that to me, which makes me realize that there's a lot of depth to each person and that you really should not just judge. Because if, if people judge me, which they do all the time, they're like never right ever. Well, you can even talk about, we, we've mentioned this a couple of times, our, the beginning of our friendship, where you thought that I just wasn't interested at all in a friendship with you. <laughs> you kind of oh, made, yeah. made that initial judgment. And if, if we hadn't had Matt Gordon... Who we've mentioned a couple He's always, times. He always gets mentioned on his show. Oh my god! If we hadn't had him as well, maybe we wouldn't be where we are today. You know, where there was a second reason for us to spend time with each other outside of of class because you were also in a class with him. So there, is, there are those judgments where even I feel because I, I, I one thing I hate too is especially if it's like a fun environment, I'll be a little more energetic and maybe even a little more competitive if we're playing games where I'll like lose my shit or something, but it's all in jest. It's all in fun. And people who know me understand not to take it seriously. But uh, if I'm just meeting somebody for the first time, they're like, oh, he's too competitive or he's too over the top, which I do have those qualities at times. But I think if you spent time with me the majority of the time, those are pretty limited like i'm pretty tamed and laid back for the most part uh when when you're having conversations with me we're having just deep deep talks or even just joking around a little bit i have those moments where i can kind of be the party animal or whatever but um 
for the most part, I'm not that person. And so there, it, it definitely, I, I have it too, where I think everybody deals with it. It's not just like you and me are the only ones that ever get misjudged. I, th- I think everybody to a certain extent goes through it at some points, but, uh, it is tough. I think, I think attractive people get that, that judgment of not being smart more than others because a lot of times it ends up kind of being correct. Correct. Yeah. But that's true. I, 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 in my experience, pretty much anytime someone's been attractive, the, the first go-to is like, okay, but are they going to be able to have a conversation or are they just completely bland, which is tough. That that's one of the things about being an attractive person too. A lot of times people say that they have the, the easy way out, but I, I think sometimes people don't give them credit to be a person with personality, and <laughs> so it's it's tough. That's definitely a real thing. I, okay, so I I, I kind of want to do this. What um what what's something that you thought about me that ended up being wrong, and then well we can we can switch it up. I'm kind of curious now. Putting you, I'm putting you on the spot here. I know, but I th- I think I can think of something. Uh. Well, you, I feel like you're worse when you first meet you about saying things that are over the top, like things that would obviously be offensive. For instance, tall man fuck face. I don't know if he'll listen to this episode, but the first time you met this guy, you called him tall man fuck face. And I feel like for a lot of people, that would definitely be a turnoff right away. Of like, okay, who the fuck is this guy? I don't even know him. And he's just calling me tall man fuckface. <laughs> so you do stuff like that when I, I remember that. I remember having to get used to it too because you when you and I would hang out in college in that first like month or two, we'd hang out with people. And I think that I had to kind of defend you <laughs> sometimes <laughs> because you would say stuff that's just like Steven. <laughs> like they don't they don't get your sensibility yet. Maybe Maybe tone it back until they get to know you. But I think I I think I understood that because I can be the same way in, in certain situations where I just act like I'm already friends with people when I first meet them. So I might say a couple things that are a little questionable if they aren't open to <laughs> those kind of jokes. <laughs> I mean, do you agree with what I'm saying? Oh my god! No, I I am in a I've gotten a lot better at doing that actually because I feel like. That was especially going to college in Tennessee and being like the the embodiment of the northern stereotype. I'm just like, hey guys, what the hell are we doing tonight, man? What's up, asshole? Like I used to, <laughs> I like just the opposite I, I, pace <laughs> of every single person that went to University of Tennessee, Knoxville. I know, I just like did not have the same energy at all, and I feel like I I've mostly slowed down, <laughs> like how fast I will talk. Uh, I tried to to dial it back little bit because back then i feel like i used to just go into a room and be like hey what's up asshole and you know not everyone really was taking that too kindly so i realized i had to actually make a pivot for how i was as a person i feel like when i met you though it was kind of just like this guy seems really cocky what does he think he's better than me or something and i think it came as a pretty big surprise to me in general when i got to know you a little bit (laughs) and found out that you were actually a super goofy guy and i wouldn't i just didn't know 
Don't get me wrong, you are a very serious person in a lot of ways, but but just like your sense of humor doesn't come through right away. So I don't think we would have probably been friends if I didn't get to know you a little bit, and I think that says a lot. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny that you say that because I feel like I might be the extremes of both. There's no like middle ground for me. So like when I'm goofy, I'm really goofy. And when I'm serious, I'm really serious. So what happens is a lot of times is depending on which me somebody first meets, they're like blown away by this other side of me because <laughs> it seems so polar opposite. I have this kind of goofy area where I'm just you know, where we do a, a pillow talk live stream and I'm just fucking around the whole time. And then I have this podcast where for the most part, I, you know, we have situations where your mom thinks that I'm the serious one of the podcast. <laughs> and I'm like the comic relief guy. Yeah. So it's, it is, it is funny to hear you say that. And it, it de- definitely does happen to me a, a lot of times. I mean, my, it's hard for my, uh, my family to ever take me seriously because growing up and being home i was typically a a goofball all the time so it's tough for my sisters i think a lot of times who are now getting to because when you're a kid you don't really understand things so you just kind of go with whatever's happening you're you're not really absorbing what's going on so they never took me seriously and then i would start to do things like my theatrical performance at the fringe festival which was super serious super intimate about like the struggle of my consciousness and all this stuff. And they would see that and they had a hard time not laughing. And it's just because they've seen me in this light of being goofy. And I'm the same person that, you know, as a family, if we go to target, I'll pretend like I don't know how to steer the target gift cart. So, or the, the shopping cart, I mean, not gift cart. Oh god, that's super funny. Actually, like, what do you do? I'll just like, I just like stop and go, and just like this way, and I'll like run into, I'll run into stuff. In the aisle. I just had a funny idea. We should make a, a YouTube video where <laughs> we do this. <laughs> My mom gets so fucking it. pissed. She's like, "Can you be an adult? I can't take you anywhere. You're worse than any of the kids in this family, and they're all younger than you." <laughs> so yeah i i have both sides and it's i don't know i that's that's the big thing about judging a book by its cover is if you if you don't give a chance to take in all the information you can be very severely misled i obviously <laughs> do have the goofy side and i obviously do have the serious side but i think a lot of people have those layers to who they are i mean there definitely are people who are very plain jane and don't really have Oh, yeah. Many layers. And maybe that's the majority. So maybe that's why, you, you know, you and I might surprise people sometimes. But uh, I don't know. Not to act like we're these super unique and interesting people. But, uh, yeah. But we are. Though. We get, we get yeah, it. Yeah, we're incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, though. All right. Well, let's uh, take a little break. We're about halfway through the episode. So let's talk about... Um, our personal ventures, kind of what we've been doing outside of the podcast. And then we do have some audience questions that we'd like to get to today as well. Do, which one do you want to do first? Uh, let's do let's do questions first. Questions first. Okay, cool. Go ahead, shoot. All right, this first question is really just for me because, you know, 
Brandon decided he doesn't want to live in Chicago right now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that down the road. Pros and cons of living in Chicago. So, this coincides well with the fact that I just released a video uh, today, but you know, if you're watching this live, then yeah, it'll be today. But if you're listening to this on Tuesday, it's called the 10 reasons to move to Chicago. And I talk about some of them, but I'd say biggest pros are like transportation and energy. So there's just like amazing energy and like, it's easy to get around and, uh, just things to do, I guess. And then I, well, really quick, I will say for, for a person for where you are at personally now, I feel like Chicago is the perfect place for you because you have a lot of energy. You're doing a lot of shit. It's and I think that the the city itself probably instills a little bit in, of that in you, but also competes with you in that sense. Oh, like yeah. you you can fit in it well. Whereas me right now, I'm like trying to get my shit together still. So I feel like Rochester is perfect. Not a lot going on. I can focus on my stuff try to get my ducks in a row, try to build some healthy habits. And then who knows, maybe, maybe six months from now, maybe a year from now, we'll uh, be having a conversation where I'm saying the good reasons to live in Chicago. You never know. <laughs> oh, you never know. <laughs> Crazier things have happened before. I uh, do want to comment on the whole energy thing though, because I definitely think that I, I push myself more by just being around other people in this city all the time. This is one of the most crazy cities in the United States in terms of there's so many people out there to compete against. Mm -hmm. And if you can beat them, you just feel like confidence to feel like I can succeed almost anywhere. Right. And I I absolutely love that. Like, I love facing, like, really tough competition. Um, Okay. Uh, Cons, I would say the weather is trash (laughs) during a huge part of the year. So that one's pretty bad. And I would say that the fact that you can't really get to any good nature parts of Chicago is very frustrating, too. Like, I feel very trapped within the city limits. And, yes, I can take a train and get out like closer to the suburbs, but there just isn't as many cool parks. Like, for example, in Cleveland, like right outside of Cleveland, and then when you get to Akron and stuff, there's so many parks, and there's so – like, it's just – there's it's there's more elevations and there's just more interesting nature to look at and stuff. So I think you kind of miss out on that sort of stuff when you're here. And um, yeah, I would say those are probably like the biggest cons to me. All right. What was your favorite moment in your childhood? Hmm. That's a good question. Or one of your favorite moments. I guess it doesn't have to te- it, it says technically your favorite, but any one of your favorites, I guess. One of my favorite moments was in sixth grade – I uh, I had never hit a home run in baseball before, and it was playing Little League. The bases were loaded. First time I ever hit a home run was a grand slam, and I hit it off of my mom and dad's minivan. They were parked right outside of the fence, and the ball landed on top of the minivan. Yeah, it was incredible. I also pitched that game, um, and I... I don't know if I got a no hitter, but we, I, I, I had a very dominant game. But I remember that part being awesome in my childhood because hitting your first home run is just like the butterflies are going in your stomach and you feel so good. There was also, I'll say one more time, they most of my childhood were filled with sports. Um, I was very sports heavy. I was playing football, baseball, basketball. 
the other time was a football game in seventh grade. We had two teams in the city I grew up in, Coon Rapids. So we were split in the city. So it was a huge rivalry. And uh, everyone thought that they were going to be the better team. And we had – so we were the underdogs going into the game. And there was one play where I dropped back, I pump faked it, and I stepped up, and I ran to the right, and I carried a guy into the end zone for a touchdown to go ahead of the team. And it was – my dad recorded it, and you just hear him losing his shit. Everybody on the sidelines was going crazy. And that was the one thing I always loved about football growing up as a kid was I felt like – you know, baseball, you kind of you stand around for a lot of the game. You know, there are very climactic moments and special moments. But football is kind of this emotionally charged game where all the time, you know, you're men against men. <laughs> you know, dudes tackling dudes. <laughs> but they're, they're <laughs> big guys tackling big guys. But there is this, this sort of emotion behind it that... Uh, I don't know. It's it's invigorating, and I always really liked that as a as an emotional kid who you know, I think really thrived on on that kind of stuff. So, what about you? When I was in fourth grade, I hit my first two home runs in one game, and my uncle actually went to the game, and it was really cool because they were in consecutive at bats. Nice. So he comes to see me play, and I hit my. Two home runs, and the whole time I'm just thinking to myself, man, my uh, my uncle must think I'm an absolute stud here. I'm like carrying the team, and it just <laughs> I felt super great in the moment. I'll never forget it. I honestly lived off that high for a while. I pretty much felt incredible after that game. That was yeah one of my favorite moments in my childhood. Um, and then uh, a moment that stands out to me a lot of just like a, a kind of like a time frame. When I was in sixth grade, me and my friend, um, oh, I had a like a huge, one of those like huge VHS cameras where you would record it and then it would record it right onto a VHS tape immediately, and then you could put it into the VHS player and watch it. Yep. So it was the it was the camera that we would use to make like uh, home movies growing up in my family. But one day I asked my mom if I could use it to make my own uh, movies with. So I I took it and my friend came over. And I was like, let's make a movie with this. And we made legit a five-part movie. Like it was, There was a, the first movie, the second, third, fourth, fifth. And it had like all of these different characters that you could kind of follow along to. Uh, and, I mean, they weren't like the most developed characters or anything. But it, it certainly was one of those like really, really, really fun moments in my childhood. And it was one of those things that got me super inspired to be in front of the camera and i think that that was really the the moment where i was like i'm putting my time and effort into this because this is the most fun i have doing anything outside of sports and i actually like doing it more than sports which was saying a lot for me back then yeah that's awesome i didn't even know that story do you still have that movie oh yeah actually um there's actually a few other movies because some of my other friends saw it and they're like well i want to be in movies with you now so there's now uh there's two hours of movies and it's on a DVD. It's actually it's so cool to go back and watch it now because it's incredible how horrible it is for like thinking that I was so good, but it's also just so cool that I have these just amazing memories on camera. And that's one of the main things I like about being on camera and, and having all this to look back on because it's basically like looking into the past. You should uh, Twitch stream. 
<laughs> live stream I mean, watching those movies. I, I, I guess I could. <laughs> One of these days, I do want to share something with them. I don't know what it is, but uh, if I get enough pe- people that actually like want to see sixth grade Steven making an absolute yeah. fool of himself, then maybe so. All right, next question. Coffee. Do you like it with cream or black? I don't drink coffee. So there you go. Uh, I, well, I mean, I didn't drink coffee either until, what, like a year and a half? And a half ago, but in general, I just drink it straight. I try to eat and drink relatively healthy, so I don't like adding sugar and uh, anything that I don't need to in, in it. I, I like it just plain. The next question we also kind of went over a little bit, but but what are a few of the most annoying assumptions that people have of you? The, I think the biggest, I'll just say one. The biggest mm-hmm. one is, especially when people hear that I don't drink, people are... It, it, no, this is funny because when I did this back in like high school and growing up, when I wasn't part of the crowd that would do those things that are kind of taboo, everyone thought that I was a conformist and that, oh, he's just a goody two shoes. He does all this stuff. Now that we're out and I still don't do that stuff, people still think of me as like a goody two-shoes, but now people are like blown away and think that I just never do anything that anybody else does. <laughs> hipster. <laughs> yeah, I'm a hipster because I'm not into, you know, Facebook or, you know, <laughs> and I don't drink and I'm not, I don't know. So it's it's kind of funny how that's flip-flopped, but it's really annoying because it's, it's such a uh, surface-level depiction uh, of me. I, and it's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's kind of frustrating because some, some people, I, I think specifically in relationships, some people will cut you out if, if you don't do some of that stuff. Like if you don't like to drink beer, people will be like, well, it's just not going to work for me because I, I like to drink. And it's just like, all right, well, how about these 50 other things that probably would be compatible between us, but just because I don't drink the same stuff that you do. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's mine. The one that drives me crazy that people do to me a lot is because I'm kind of goofy and I kind of just do what I want and don't do a lot of the social norms because I guess you could say I've got some hipster-ish qualities. It really annoys me that people just think like, oh, yeah, you, you can't be professional or you can't possibly be doing this because that's not how it, it needs to be done. You're not supposed to wear that. You're not supposed to have your hair like that. It just drives me crazy because it's like I keep doing things to show people that you don't have to be like everybody else and you can be just fine being the way that you are. And yet people over and over again are just always having something to say. And yeah, it gets pretty damn annoying after a while. It's like, how, how many times do I have to like do well at a job or do I have to prove to other people to make them feel better about me that, yeah, it's okay that I don't treat the job so serious all the time or that I don't say specific things or dress a certain way all the time. I think you should just have the freedom to be able to be your own person. And yet, time and time again, that doesn't happen. And it wears on me, believe it or not. Because you know, if you just try to be like everyone else, what you really do is you set a ceiling for yourself. So yeah, so yeah, that like really gets annoying. Because it's like, why, you get older, so now all of a sudden you have to be this certain type of person? No. No, dude. F the system. Fuck, fuck the system, man. We're toppling the patriarchy. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. All right. What Anarchy, about Anarchy? All the women. What about uh, personal ventures? Real quick before we jump back into the episode topic. Video out called Ten Reasons to Move to Chicago." So check that out. I also plan on recording another YouTube video, which I have at the time of the recording here not decided on what it's going to be yet, but I'll probably record it today. So hopefully by the time that this episode comes out, it'll be out like a couple days after that or somewhere in that general ballpark. And um, I think aside from that, just be on the lookout for my live streams and I'll be a little bit less busy starting in February. So you'll a lot more content will be coming out. And one other point, I think I might've mentioned this before, but I now have been posting Instagram TV videos uh, every single day. So you can find those on my Instagram at Steven Russell B and that's Steven with the V. It's a really fun outlet for me to kind of talk about what I'm doing on the day to day and give updates on my YouTube channel. Dope. For me, uh, if anybody follows my Instagram page, Brandon Flippin Music, I've been posting Monday through Friday pretty much every day. Uh, I've been taking cover suggestions, so if you have any that you want to hear me sing, I know that it's kind of a tease to only have a minute-long video on Instagram. The reason I do this is, number one, it's super easy to just set up my phone and and record a minute-long thing. Um, The other reason I haven't been doing like full-fledged covers for YouTube is I'm actually waiting to get a, um, a desktop computer because I, I, I invested in a nice microphone, but, uh, not this blue Yeti one that we use for the podcast, but I invested in uh, baby bottle blue mic, which is super, um, top of the line. And I want to use that for the, the cover songs that I do. I want to put some effort into them before I post them on YouTube, just to have a product that is of quality and, the problem is the audio interface that I use doesn't work too well with my laptop because I have a very old laptop and the processor on it doesn't doesn't sit well. So I do apologize for people who might want to hear full songs that will be coming once I'm able to uh, get a desktop computer. But tune in to my Instagram to, to see those posts. And um, other than that, I am currently in the process, I, I think I've talked about it before, of writing my next release. Uh, if you haven't checked out my first album, The Passionate Mind, please do on Spotify, YouTube Music, uh, Apple Music, Google Play, all that stuff. Definitely check it out. But uh, I'm, I'm currently working on that project, and uh, I'm actually hoping maybe to have it done sometime in the summer and have it maybe released by then as well. So, uh, yeah, that's about it for me. I started school up last week uh, for the second semester here, so I'll be a little more busy with that stuff. But other than that, just uh, music and the podcast for me, man. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, fallout boy. Okay, so let's let's get back into the, the topic at hand here. Um we, we've kind of talked about the tendency for people to to judge a book by its cover, to, to make those snap judgments. We all do it. When you do it in a negative light, when you, when you find yourself having made a judgment that maybe was wrong or, or incorrect in, in some way, shape, or form, how, how do you battle that tendency? Do you recognize it? What do you do to kind of self-correct? I don't self-correct. I just... I just keep sticking with my intuition on it. Dan Nugla don't matter to me. 
<laughs> just like Dan Danula. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I mean, if I feel that I'm 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 having like a thought process that may not like that that is like too judgmental, then I might. I'm, I I definitely try to take a step back for a second and think back to, okay, how do I feel when some someone judges me for the way that I am on things? It's uh, I'm very aware aware of the fact that because I do talk a lot, that I'm just more likely to say dumb things. It's just uh, it's just numbers. If you say one thousand things or you say twenty things, you open up the the chance to say something dumb with a thousand things. And that's just something you got to deal with when you're always talking all the time. But there are variables that go into someone saying or 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 I, I don't even honestly like know what I'm talking about. But I I I think you get the gist here. <laughs> I kind of I kind of get why I need to not have that thought. And um, yeah, so I try to look at it from a point of my perspective of would I be okay with someone doing that and. Do I feel like it's fair to do that? Yeah. I think for me, it's, I think I can get to the tendency where I go, maybe go a little too far with it, where sometimes I, you know, we, we've talked about with the, the kind of PC culture, there, there are definitely times, like, I think the PC culture has actually done a lot of great things. I think from a psychological perspective, it's, it's caused people to be more, um, thoughtful in language and language is especially important for even children who are developing their their way of thinking and you know saying we talked about this in the the past saying firefighter instead of fireman or you just changing the language a tiny bit to be more accepting of everybody and more equal i think there are a lot of benefits to it and i think that it can cause more positive than it does negative, but you do have the flip side. And I think I can fall into this every once in a while where if I feel like people are judging or if I feel like I'm judging, I, I feel like this kind of intense guilt where maybe I make it a bigger deal than it is because it is sometimes a natural thing that we do. And, and so there is this kind of social justice warrior thing that can happen where I might call somebody out on it when it's like, maybe that's not even necessary in the situation. Um, and so that's, that's even something that I try to battle is like, when is it appropriate to, to, to confront this and say, Hey, this was over the top to, to make this judgment, this person, you don't know this person, you don't have the, all the information. Um, but then it's also within me personally, if I find myself judging, it's, it's finding the balance of like, Hey, it's, 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 it's not like you're a horrible person for having done this. This is a natural part of being a person. You're, it's your instinct to protect yourself. And it's, it's a desire, I guess it's taking in information maybe from past experiences and generalizing, which isn't correct, but it's, it's again, a natural form formation of how your brain works. And so it's, it's recognizing it so that maybe I can be more conscious of it in the future and maybe correct it, self-correct it, you know, not having those same thoughts in the future, but not necessarily like making a big deal about it and, you know, getting on my knees and apologizing. I'm so sorry for having done this, but just recognize it so that maybe the next time around, I don't make that same decision. So yeah, I don't know. And I really, really like that you bring up 
that PC culture has done a lot of good. And it's because we don't really talk about that. There's it, Whenever you bring up PC culture, it's either you're just immediately like, oh, yeah, we've gone way too far. Or it's like it's basically like the extremes, but very, very little of the time does someone actually mention the fact that, okay, here's what PC culture actually does. Right. It made us realize that we need to be sensitive to certain things and that not only that, but at kind of, as you, you, you talked about with the, um, having the word like assisted suicide, mm-hmm. like sometimes just a word, like the connotation of a word can affect like big decisions that people make. Like, um, STD, like having the word be disease and then they change it to infection. Like it definitely does sound different to call something an infection or call it a disease. Right. So it actually has a lot of merit when you're calling some something a different word. It really changes how society sees it. Like that's been a thing saying, saying fuck now versus saying it in the 1970s is different. Right. It's not really that big of a deal to say it now. And that beca- that's just a part of the evolution of, of people, and it's part of the evolution of society in general. So there is a lot of good things that comes from PC culture. Now, does it go too far to the point where sometimes I'm like, all right, guys. Yeah. That um, the, the example that you told me the other day, like that kind of stuff is just, it, it gets ridiculous sometimes. And I, I get it. There's There's a good balance behind it. But... I know that this episode is more about like judgment, but we do judge certain things like that. And I I think that it's just, it's a good topic to discuss. Yeah. Well, I think within the PC culture, there are obviously very uh, polar, polar opposite sides to everything where things might be super intense or super against, you know, and and you get a lot of that intensity. But I think, I, I do think it's an imperfect system to, prevent judgment it's it's saying let's let's try to take in the information what might people be more comfortable with it's an imperfect system for sure but i think eventually i think ultimately the idea is to try to get people to critically think before maybe making a statement or labeling something because if we want to talk about judgment we don't like being labeled so if, if I'm just throwing around words, labeling things, those judgments can make people uncomfortable and a lot of times probably are incorrect, you know? And and so that's just the attempt of it. And I'm not coming from a place of saying, I never do this and you guys, anybody who says bad stuff, you guys are horrible, you need to get your shit together. I'm coming from a person, from a point of view that's saying, I, I, I'll, I'll be completely honest. I actually tried to, I had, um, I presented in one of my classes and I, I was doing an example where, you know, Piaget's developmental theory talks about how a lot of times when children don't have the ability to, to grasp language completely, they'll use words to describe a total generalized thing. So my example was when I was a kid, I went to a Chinese restaurant and I thought that the, the waitress was speaking Spanish. I didn't actually think she was speaking Spanish, but she had a different accent than I was used to. So as a kid, I thought I said she was speaking Spanish, but in the class I called her accent Oriental. (laughs) And (laughs) 
Oh my I, God. I was trying, I, for whatever reason, I just had a brain fart and I thought that that was the correct terminology, but I fucked up. That's not what you're supposed to say. <laughs> so people make mistakes and I think, I think this is actually a really good segue into our next point is, is this behavior completely unaccept, unacceptable or inexcusable? Or do you think there's room for empathy and forgiveness for people that might fall into the trap every once in a while of, of making a judgment? Dude. Yes. Like we evolve as humans over time. And the thing is you need to experience more things to have more educated opinions on things. And that's unfortunately a lot of people live within their comfort zone. So they, they don't step out. So in their head, they the sample size is like three people. So then, based on those three people, they may just not like people who wear red hats. So anyone who looks like Mario, they're just like, nope, it's not the guy for me. And <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I picked the red hats. <laughs> One of Steven's famous examples. If you're a guy that doesn't like red hats, you see Mario, you're not going to like that whole franchise. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, you get, <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying, though. Like, People, a lot of the the things in this world that are very offensive and, like, prejudiced against people, a lot of times are because of people with a small sample size. Like, they just, like, it, I mean, a perfect example is kids. Like, we're stupid as kids because, like, we just, we just don't, we don't have that much of a sample size. We just hear, like, one thing and we're like, okay, everyone who wears red hats acts a certain way. <laughs> And then that's <laughs> that's it. Everyone this guy who wears, will not let go of this red hat example. <laughs> everyone who wears. So then, when you see a guy with a red hat paying with the credit card, you're thinking to yourself, "This doesn't make any sense. My world is completely changed." <laughs> I understand your examples. Like I get it, <laughs> but you just you pick the weirdest things to pull from for these examples. I don't even understand where your mind goes. To. First, it's just the red hats thing, and then you're like, "Oh, well, then this guy probably won't like Mario." Now it's, "Oh, I saw one red person, red hat person, use cash, so if they use a card, I'm gonna be surprised." But I no, get, what, like a, I get what you're saying. It's a real I, thing, though. I get what you're saying. It. Like kids are developing; they have very limited information, so their yeah. their brains are very plastic, and that's why with this this. This topic specifically about it being unacceptable or inexcusable. It one of the things I actually hate is when people. Well, it's dangerous now with everything being online. You you've heard many times people in the the public eye, they tweeted like the n word or something when they were a kid, and then they become famous and someone scrolls through their forty thousand tweets and finds that when they were thirteen they said the n word and now they got to apologize. So it's it's a very interesting thing because you don't want to be held accountable for <laughs> when you had such limited information. You're just an idiot kid. <laughs> so I think there are some things that we have to be okay with taking an empathetic point of view. Like, all right, this guy was just a kid. Did he apologize for it now or did she apologize for it now? Um, you know, do people fuck up? Yes, people fuck up. We're... We all, in some way, shape, or form, even the best person at some point has probably been shitty in their life. 
And I think that that's sometimes we get lost on that. And we think, oh, this is a line that you have crossed and I'm just never going to, I'm never going to listen to this anymore from you. I'm never going to accept this from you anymore. And it's like, yeah, maybe they fucked up, but let's, let's wait to see how they handle that fuck up. Let's wait to see if they, they try to mend that bridge back and, and, and come back from it. I mean, if, if people didn't give me second chances, I'd probably be in, in the ditch some, somewhere, you know, hooked on heroin with red hat guy talking about cash and credit cards and how he always gets compared to Mario. He told me, he's like, everybody always judges that I'm a big Mario fan and it really pisses me off. I just like red hats. <laughs> but I, I think that the, the that it's okay for kids to have these thoughts, but when adults have them is the real issue. Very ignorant thoughts. Like it's it's okay to a certain extent that that a kid who hasn't seen much has thoughts that show he hasn't seen much. The reason why we get so frustrated when people get older and they're like they're grown ass adults and they say or do something really stupid that you're just like, how? It's because they, it's like they just didn't even attempt to seek out the information or try to keep an open mind or any of that stuff. And that's what, that's when it is not okay for me. Well, sometimes though it's, it's situations where it's not that they weren't seeking out. They just, nobody ever challenged them on it. Like if you come from a super small conservative town and it's, it's 40 white people, maybe dropping the N word is okay within your town. And then maybe you go to college away and you drop the N-word. And now, for the first time when you're 18, someone says, hey, that's not okay to say. That's the first time you've ever been challenged on it. That's where I'm saying, I'm. that's the one thing, again, not to keep going back to the PC culture, but just in general, the idea of kind of calling people out on their shit, that's the one good thing about like the Me Too movement. People are being called on their shit and it's being listened to and you know, yes, it can go over the top and sometimes it's going to like, how do we navigate this area? But you call people out on their shit and it challenges their preconceived notions. And then that might be the first time that they're challenged on it. And now let's see how they handle being challenged on it. And that's where the part comes in of being empathetic of this person is do we do we let them make this mistake and how do they respond after they make the make this mistake okay was there anything else that you wanted to say on this topic before we move on to the next one uh no i don't think so i think we're uh we're gonna move on to the last point here perfect so do you think there is any substance behind like superficial attraction like being attracted to people that have nice cars or being attracted to someone just because you like their ass (laughs) do you think there's (laughs) any substance behind that I think that the fact that we have those feelings means that there is some substance behind it. The fact that there is a general like good feeling to see someone who looks like that or to have nice things. Like there's something to be said about what that brings us as people. So yeah, I, I think that there is some substance to it. And I think that everybody values things differently. Like I think you pretty much have proof of that when you have some people who are really money hungry and you have some people who are really about making an impact on people people who want to do different careers or careers and professions in general to me means that we are different so there has to be somewhat of an understanding that just we are different and just because you don't understand it 
doesn't mean that there's not some legitimacy to it. Right. That being the case, for me personally, I I don't find myself to be too superficial, but I'm totally open to the idea that or not open to the idea. I'm totally with the idea that I do have superficial thoughts sometimes and I do like some superficial things. So as much as I want to be like, yeah, I'm all about depth. Like anyone, I still have some superficial thoughts sometimes, like the cool shoes, or I see a girl and I'm like, yeah, I like what I see. Like, that's, I think, a a normal thing for a person to feel. That's because we're all a little bit different. Where you stand on this, because I know that you're very much not a superficial person, so I'm kind of curious to hear if that's how you are with everything. Yeah, it's, it's tough because that stuff really bothers me, you know, taking surface level things. And, you know, I, for a lot of my life, I haven't really cared about my style and it's not that I don't want to look good for myself and for people, but it's just something that, why do I want to spend time on this thing when I could spend my time on other stuff? And so sometimes I, I get conflicted with that thing, with, with that kind of stuff, because I don't, I also don't want to fall into the trap of caring too much about what other people think. And so with, with sur- superficial stuff, a lot of times the, the problem with it is you get caught in these tendencies of, do people think that I'm attractive with this? Do people think that I'm important with this? Which is, again, back to the social media aspect, something that I struggled with, is I didn't want to just present a part of myself to make people think that when I'm doing good, things are incredible, and I'm doing all this stuff. And what If you want to know what I'm doing, come be part of my life and find out the, the real struggle, find out the real, um, I guess, rewarding aspects of my life, find out the accomplishments, find out the adversity. You can get all of that if you're actually genuinely a part of, of me, but I'm not going to present something. I'm not going to play this character for an audience, or at least I try not to. But I think there is psychologically somewhat of an advantage sometimes when you are superficial. In, in, in very small doses, for instance, again, with me talking about not caring about style, I think it actually has hurt me as I've gotten into my adulthood of not caring about, you know, my appearance, my clothing, because I think sometimes I can just get into these lazy habits of I'm just wearing sweats every day. It's so now I just feel grubby. I, I feel gross. And so then I start kind of being gross do you know what i mean you just kind of falling into this this place and maybe other people wouldn't think i'm gross but i'm just saying for my own standards and myself you know i i've actually you know i try to make sure you know when i have enough money to to really invest in it i've talked to you about would you help me pick out like a style that suited me because i i want to pay a little more attention to that i want to care about what i look like i want to care about how I present myself because for a, a, a certain, at least some part of, of that I think has some substance, some value of, you know, I, I want to be in good shape because I probably will be more attracted to someone who takes care of their body as well. And I, I almost, part of me, it, it's kind of convenient that I'm not really looking for a relationship because I haven't been taking care of myself. So it's, it's it's a part of myself that 
I'm not really happy with. And I, I don't want to share that with anybody because I don't have my shit together in the the place of personal health. I'm not taking care of myself. So why would I why would I give that to somebody else? So that now they have to deal with my unhealthy habits. So getting back to the, and maybe that's a superficial point of view, like people should just love you because of who you are. But at, at some, a little bit of my physical appearance is who I am. Like I, we'll talk about this next week on our episode about vices. My vice is to eat unhealthy and maybe zone out on video games. So that stuff creates a person that's kind of low energy, less motivated and just, physically unhealthy well i want to make a a point to the people who cannot see this right now brandon is really fashionable he's got this sick star wars hoodie on right now that cannot be overlooked (laughs) (laughs) yeah dope dude (laughs) going in here with this dope star wars hoodie hell yeah that's true (laughs) i just wish i wore a red hat (laughs) then you'd be really cool uh, I will agree with you though. The way that you present yourself definitely does have an impact on like the zone that you can get in. Like for me personally, I definitely will dress a certain way if it's how I'm feeling. Like if I've got to give a big presentation or something, I always dress with like a blazer and stuff. Cause I'm just like, I need to be on my A game. Um, I, cause if I just wear like sweatpants and sweatshirts all the time, like I, I start to get to the point where I just don't feel energized so i like to wear something that makes me feel like i'm ready to get something done so i tend to dress based on the mood like more than probably the average person does i'm very very focused on dressing to the mood of the day yeah and i i think psychologically it, it does have substance yeah it, i work from home so i have to battle a lot of things here because i work from home so i don't have to get dressed up to go to work i can roll out of bed maybe take a shower and then just put on sweats and that's my loungewear. That's what it's been growing up. Anytime that I put on sweats, it was usually like a winter break or it was the weekend. And it, I wasn't planning on doing many things productive. So I've built that mental habit of this is kind of where I'm at emotionally and mentally when I wear this stuff. It's this non-productive part of me. Well, what do you think is going to happen when that's my style? <laughs> like that's what I, I do every single day. I'm going to psychologically be attached to that stuff so i do think there's some substance behind it i do think it's tough because i think a lot of times we do get attracted to things that actually don't mean shit and Mm -hmm. people like people give porn a lot of crap because well just body image in general gets presented of like if you're if you're a woman you have to have a fat ass and huge tits otherwise you're not attractive you know if you're a man you have to be absolutely just ripped out of your mind otherwise you're not strong and yeah i don't know it's a lot of that stuff is just like it's not at the end of the day a lot of that stuff isn't going to be important obviously you want to be sexually attracted to your partner and people think that it's learned behavior to maybe if i grow up watching porn i'm only going to be attracted to an unrealistic you know uh, body image but if we can somehow get past those unrealistic stuff or not even unrealistic, but just stuff that doesn't actually matter and find the stuff that personally to us really does matter. That's where the the real substance come in. So like if I'm really attracted to a certain kind of nose, maybe other people think that's ugly or something and it's still a superficial thing. It's just their appearance. 
but it has substance to it because that I really like that quality about somebody. So I don't know. You can see it both ways, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I exactly. All right. Um, anything else on this topic? No, I'm good. Oh, yeah. All right. Final thoughts. You first. Final thoughts. Uh, just to kind of reiterate, I think a lot of the stuff that we talk about it's 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 about giving yourself some credit being not only empathetic with other people, but being understanding of yourself that you're going to do some things that maybe even on the surface level aren't great things like judging people. You might make a, a quick judgment and not even realize you're doing it, but it's maybe an evolutionary quality or um, you've known a person that's kind of like this other person in the past and they remind you of them. I don't know. They're these little things. Being conscious of it, but also being forgiving of it is is important. So uh, don't beat yourself up if you do it. Try to be conscious of it. Try to find if you're doing it in a way that is detrimental to um, people around you and to yourself, you know, growing as a person. But overall, it's it's just one of these things that we navigate naturally as people. So, And I would say for for me – Think about it from your perspective. How would you feel or how do you feel when someone says or thinks something something about you? Like you probably don't feel the best and don't feel too good about it. And it probably does get frustrating that someone just perceives you as a certain type of person because no one is completely a single stereotype. Or just thinks that you're you're lame because you don't drink or something. It probably... It probably frustrates you when they do that to you, so why would you do that to someone else? Although, there are instances where it does seem like there's not that much depth to a person, but, like, you know that there actually is something there. Just know the fact that everybody actually does have layers to them, and that nobody is just a completely boring person. Like, once you have the understanding of that, then you'll never judge any situation too badly. And, I yeah, I think that's about all I got. I think that's just what you got to do. I mean, at the end of the day, ogres are like onions. <laughs> and so is everyone else. We thought it was just ogres, but the new the new stats. New stats <laughs> just rolled us. in in 2019. <laughs> yeah. That ogres and people have a lot of things in common. <laughs> We're all like onions. <laughs> We're actually all like onions. We come from a All common right. ancestor of onions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, well, thank you, guys. want to say a couple things. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you joined us live, then we wanted to give you a big thank you for doing that. That's always a lot of fun. As always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at EMGpod. You can also leave us a voicemail, 513-427-EMG5. You can also send us an email at emgpod at gmail.com. And wanted to say also thank you for last week. We did those two music episodes, and we had a lot of fun with that. Our next episode is going to be about vices. So it could be kind of dark. Yeah, yeah, I know. Lots of, lots of fun. But uh, Yeah, it's, uh, that's, it's going to be an exciting episode, I think. So thank you for listening to this episode, and we'll uh, talk to you next time. Take it easy. Oh.